Hello, everybody. How are you doing today? Hope you're doing well. Had a crazy day yesterday, busy and long, and have been out driving today, meeting people and doing things, and uh, had a talk with uh, several people today. And, and even in church on Sunday, the sermon, uh, it's just like, well, God gives us what we need when we need it, you know, and the sermon tied into my, the things that I was going to encounter and the message that I would have. So, um, how do I put this? Let me just read the scripture to you and give you the give you the start of this, and then I'll talk about why. So this is Moses in Numbers, and he's you know he's out there in the desert with the with the children of Israel, and they're wandering around, and they're eating manna, and they're getting tired of eating manna every day. They want something different. I mean. Could you imagine what it was like if you ate the same thing every day? How many ways can you season, cook, change, camouflage the same thing every day? I mean, just imagine if it was a loaf of bread and that's all you got. A loaf of bread every day. I mean, you can butter the toast. You can butter the bread. You can put jelly on it. You can you can uh, dip it in oil. But every day, three meals a day or two meals a day or however many times you want to eat it, bread is bread. I mean, stale bread, fresh bread, moldy bread, bread. But in but the manna aspect, it was always fresh. And it didn't matter how they prepared it. It said it always had the taste of being prepared with oil. So the people started grumbling. And Moses heard them. Moses went to God. And he complained. And um, So God said, you know, I hear you. I know what you're doing. He said, uh. He said, pick out 70 elders for yourself that would help you in doing the management of this stuff. And so um, he picked out 70, and they were going to slaughter some animals and flocks that were going to come and provide the people with meat, right? So he picked out 70. And the Lord said to him in 24, starting in uh, Numbers eleven twenty four, he said, So Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord, and he gathered the 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tabernacle. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took of the spirit that was upon him, that would be Moses, 
and placed the same upon the seventy elders. And it happened when the Spirit rested upon them that they prophesied, although they never did so again. But two men had remained in the camp. The name of one was Eldad, and the name of the other was Medad. And the Spirit rested upon them. Now they were among those listed, but who had not gone out of the tabernacle. And yet they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of his choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid them. But then Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and that the Lord would put his spirit upon them. And Moses returned to the camp, he and the elders of Israel. Do you understand that statement he made? Oh, that all the Lord's people were prophets, and the Lord would put his spirit upon them. Can you imagine Moses was saying, God gave him 70 people, 70 men, 70 elders, and the Lord gifted them with the Holy Spirit that they could prophesy. And then Moses says, oh, that... (laughs) Why not just do all the people? Oh, if the Lord would give it to all his people that they could prophesy. What a joy that would be. Can you imagine? But see, here's Moses. Hand chosen to God. The man who had physically seeing God face to face and his countenance was so bright that his face shined when he met the people from the glory of God. And even Moses realized it's not about me. It's not about what I'm sharing. It's about the potential of the people to share the Holy Spirit with people. Golly, you know, can you imagine a world like that today? So here it is. Here it is. This is why. I've talked to people recently and talk about churches and and there are churches, there's churches around here that are um, searching for pastors. There's churches around here that have their pastors. And of all these churches around here with these pastors that are searching for their pastors or They are, how do I say this nicely? A me, me, me kind of situation. If it's not my way, if it's not what I think or my interpretation or my translation, 
or my rules that I put on my people, then squash it. We don't want no part of you. We don't want you preaching. We don't want you teaching. We don't want you around here. How many churches out there today give the blessings to people that want to preach the Spirit, to preach the message of God to the lost people? I heard somewhere, it might be a wrong figure, but I heard that like a hundred churches a day were closing their doors. Even if it is a hundred. What if it's a thousand? I don't know. But it, even as, if it's as little as a hundred, we are so prideful that we would let a hundred churches close their doors than to bless them and endorse them and to, and to give them Praise for what they're doing. You know, there are so many people that say, Oh, don't listen to him. He's not using the right translation. Or, I heard one today. How can this man be in... How can you be a deacon in the church when you've got those tattoos of the demons on your arms? And the man said to the woman, well, show me a demon. And she said, right there on your arm. And he said, no. He said, that's the angel of the Lord with a devil in a headlock, and he's fighting him. That's the tattoo he has on his arm. I saw it. But people would jump to conclusions and judge rather than to be thankful you have a young man that's a deacon that wants to serve the Lord. What is wrong with our world? Where is... There's only, to my knowledge, been one person that was appointed as the sole center uh, vocal piece for God. And he gave his life for all of us. Did he say? Did he say in there anywhere that we shouldn't do... uh, that we shouldn't let the, the Lutherans or the Catholics or or the Mountain Baptist or the street the street prophets. Did he say that we shouldn't allow any of that? That it had to be only the Church of Peter or the Church of John the Baptist or the Church of Paul? I mean. Please, if you're out there and and you can point me to somewhere that I'm wrong, by all means, message me, shoot me an email. But I've read this book just a couple of times. And I don't recall anywhere that Jesus says one person has the sole responsibility for interpretation and determining what Christ meant. Heck, as a matter of fact, let's look over here in Mark 9. 
Mark 9, 38 through 40. It says, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons in your name. And we forbade him because he does not follow us. Man, does that not sound like a familiar tune? We forbade them because they're not using the right translation. We forbade them because they don't go to church wearing uh, pants. We forbade them because they have tattoos. We forbade them because they don't believe the same way we believe. That's what he's saying. But Jesus said, do not forbid him. For no one who works a miracle in my name can soon afterwards speak evil of me. For he who is not against us is on our side. And we've heard it all said before, he who is not against us is, is for us, right? Why? I, I don't understand. I mean, it, it continues to amaze me every day. I go out into the wilderness and I meet these lost or, or embattled people that are frustrated with the established church. And we wonder why they won't come. I, you know. <laughs> oh God. Can you imagine. If you get to heaven. And. You know these sci-fi movies where they like put you in a thing and they got your head hooked to this thing and your and your eyes or whatever they're programming these things into your head where you have to watch it you you cannot tune it out. Can you imagine if you get to heaven and Jesus grabs you or God grabs you by your head like a big man reaching down and grabbing you by your head? And you feel the electrical current starting to go through. And you can't control your body. And you are tortured with all the people that you ever turned away from God. Because of your pious attitudes. You're holier than thou. I know the only way to heaven. Speech. You gotta, you gotta read this translation you got to be saved this way. You can't go to heaven if you're not baptized. You know, can you imagine if God is holding you by the head and you're shaking like thousands of volts of current going through you and all you're seeing is all the people that that you sent to hell because you thought you were so holy. You know, me and this brother sat here today, and we both said, I know, I know that I know that I did things that I'm not proud of.
that I am forgiven. I pray when I get to heaven I don't have to face the torment of the people that I turned away from God because of my piousness. Because my ministry is none are good None are perfect. But we are all perfectly cleansed and forgiven if we believe in Jesus Christ. So what if a guy wants to stand outside and preach the gospel out of a New Living Translation? So what if he's covered in tattoos? Maybe that's his testimony. Maybe he was in a gang or whatever and he got saved. Guess what, people? Tattoos don't disappear or evaporate when you get saved. Maybe the tattoos are because of because of his salvation. Maybe his body is a living witness to God. If there's ever, ever one thing that's true that my mother always said that applies to everybody in the world, think before you open your mouth. Even Moses recognized that, oh my gosh, only if God would let the whole world prophesy in his name, what a place this would be. We're all going to be doing it in heaven one day. Well, we won't be prophesying then. We're all going to be singing. All the prophesying will be done. This is Pastor Chip. God bless. I pray you use the gifts God's given you. and I hope you find your boldness inside of you. Be blessed.